the Son of Man that he should repent? Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, shall he not make it good? Shall we pray? Dear Lord, make me a nail upon the wall, fastened securely in its place. Then from this thing so common and so small, hang a bright picture of thy face. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. The title of this hour study is May's New Heart. And we would like you to notice seven special points that we hope to present to you during this study. Number one, ask. Jesus said that we may ask of him, Matthew 7, 7. Number two, believe. Jesus has said in Mark 11:24, believe that you receive. The third is receive or claim. Jesus said in Matthew 21, 22, all things that you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. And then, number four, he has given us a marvelous promise in Isaiah 1, 18. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And number five, he's also promised us a new heart, Ezekiel 36, 26. Number six, he has promised to save our children Isaiah 49:25, And number seven, he has promised to supply all our need. Philippians 4:19. Let me give you an example. May was born and reared in a Sabbath-keeping Christian home. But May somehow felt that Christianity was depriving her of the pleasures to which she was entitled. She would do everything in her power when she was not discovered to either tune in to special radio programs unapproved by her parents or to snitch some magazine of which they did not approve. She was seeking desperately to be happy, but it had never dawned over her that happiness is found in Jesus Christ. Says the psalmist in Psalm 1611, in thy presence is fullness of joy, at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. But May didn't understand this. May somehow felt that, that she had to have something that would excite her in order to make her happy. But the more she tuned into questionable radio programs, the more she read questionable literature, the more restless she became. And so it went, in spite of the fact that May was baptized and united with the church, this restlessness, this seeking of something outside of Christ seemed to have a stronger and a stronger magnetic influence on her. She was finally married and they had a fine little family. Uh, May became a worker in the Sabbath school, but all the while she was fighting, fighting the desire for pleasure versus the desire to do right.
revivals were held often in May's church. And May said, oh, I want to do better. I really want a new experience. She would make a new start during the revival, only to lose it a day or two later. She didn't really enjoy the Word of God. There was nothing in this wonderful book that seemed to appeal to her except condemnation. You see, she had never found that in Christ is the way of life. So it went on year after year, year after year, year after year. May finally decided that she would break with these many hours of watching TV and listening to the radio and reading these questionable magazines and books. And then she told me later, she said, where I was listening two hours a day and reading an hour a day, as I tried to break away from this, I found myself spending more time listening to the soap operas and more time in reading this literature. And she said, the text of scripture came to my mind in 1 John 2.15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. She said, I understood from other works that I could never enjoy Jesus, I could never enjoy his word as long as I was drinking into the world. It, it, somehow they didn't agree. But she said, every time I tried to, tried to break from my radio and TV obsession and my reading, I would go more deeply into it. She said, finally, I was spending from five to six hours every day in this, in this reading and in listening and viewing these soap operas. She said, I finally decided, why should I serve in the church as an officer? So she said, I, I conjured up an excuse. And I explained to the pastor that since my husband was not a Christian, uh, if I were working down in one of the children's departments in Sabbath school, I couldn't be with him. So I would resign this office so that he could come with me and we could be together. But she said it was only an excuse. She said, while they accepted my excuse, I seldom came to church anymore. She said, I used many, many excuses for not being in church. I was very weary. I'd been teaching through the day. And when it came the Sabbath, I was too weary, but she said, I was never too weary to go out to social function. I was right there in those social functions. She said, but as I found myself in this awful predicament, I noticed that others were looking down on me, particularly my mother-in-law. She said, one of my daughters would spend her summer with my mother-in-law. And the last summer she spent with my mother-in-law, my mother-in-law told my daughter all the mistakes that I had made from childhood up. And she said, so to make it real rich, she added and related things that were not true. She'd done this again and again and again. And when my daughter returned from that summer vacation and told me what her grandmother had told her about me, she said, we both just broke down and sobbed. She said, it seemed like I was just going to lose my mind. I finally decided I must either see a psychiatrist or else I must commit myself. 
She said, while I was going through this awful experience, sobbing by the hour, day after day, the pastor rang the doorbell. She said, as he came in and sat down, he was so kind and so understanding that in, within the hour, I'd shared with him all of my troubles. She said, he didn't preach at me. He didn't belittle me. He said, me, out in my car, I have a little book written by Glenn Kuhn. It's entitled The ABCs of Bible Prayer. He said, I have been greatly blessed through reading this book myself, and many of my friends have found that it contains an answer to their problems. And he said, uh, let me go out and get it, and uh, would you like to read it and see what you think about it? She said, all right, Pastor, I, I shall read it, and I'll give you my analysis. She said, with that, he went out to his car, brought the book in, laid it down, offered a word of prayer, didn't preach at me at all, got up and left. She said, as he left, I picked up the book and started to read. But she said, my obsessions, my hatred of my mother-in-law, and my, and my infatuation with these soap operas, and this reading had so completely captivated me that the book meant nothing whatsoever to me. I couldn't even think of it. She said, so I laid it aside. She said, a couple days later, I picked the book up. And she said, I said, I'm really going to read it this time. I'm really going to read it. So she said, I started to read. She said, Brother Kuhn, I hadn't finished two chapters before something came into my heart. And I said, if that man and the people he's talking about can have such fabulous answers to prayer through claiming Bible promises, I can too. And she said, and so I opened my Bible to some of the promises that had been recommended to me by you. She said, the Bible says in Matthew 7, 7, and you presented it in the book, that we should ask. That's the A of prayer. She said, then you presented the B of prayer. Believe that you receive, and you will have, Mark 11, 24. And then you presented the C of prayer. We are to claim it by thanking God that we have received, Matthew 21, 22. She said, and the book suggested that to make it very personal, I opened the Bible, and I placed my hand right on the promise. Not that there's anything magic about putting my hand on the Bible, but it is a gesture of simple childlike faith. She said, I knelt down in great agony of soul, and I said, Dear Lord, you have promised me in Isaiah 118 that though my sins are as scarlet, you will make them white as snow. I ask you to do that because I'm sorry I confess them to you. You've told me to believe. I believe that you have made my past as white as snow. And Lord, you've told me to return thanks that I've received. Thank you, Lord. My past is all taken care of. She said, I rose from my knees. For the very first time in my whole life, I believed God. I had set my whole mind to believing God to using this new kind of prayer. 
and I rose from my knees and I said, thank you, Lord, you've forgiven my sins. I am forgiven. She said, then a few hours later, I knelt again. I said, now, Lord, one of the great obsessions of my life has been my infatuation with soap cereals and with this questionable magazine. She said, these magazines and those soap cereals, she said, they would depict people stealing, many men having affairs with the unwed girls and all that sordidity. And she said, I knelt down and I said, Lord, you've promised me in Matthew 21, 22, that if I ask, I will receive. I am asking you, Lord, through the marriage of Jesus Christ to take out of my mind all of this obsession. I believe you're doing it, and I thank you I have received. Again, she said, I bent my whole heart to believing. She said, as I arose from my knees a few hours later, it dawned over me that I had absolutely no relish for these soap cereals or these magazines. And as the hours came and went, I said, Lord, I have five or six hours vacuum in my day. I knelt down again and I claimed the promise of Matthew 21, 22. Lord, since you had the ability to, to cure me of this awful obsession, you also have the ability to give me a longing for the spiritual things, a love for your word and for good books that portray your love. She said, Brother Kuhn, there swept over me such a longing to read the Bible, and I picked it up and I began to read it, and I loved it. I called a pastor and his wife, loaned me some more books by Brother Kuhn. I literally devoured them. Then other books, The Desire of Ages, Steps to Christ, and other books. She said, I just devoured them as I used to devour the other books. She said, this is wonderful. Now, dear Lord, I have another problem. She said, there's only one person in all the world that I've ever hated. Lord, I hate my mother-in-law with a bitterness that I cannot describe, but you know. Dear Lord, I noticed in these books there's a promise that you'll give me a new heart. And she said, I opened my Bible to Ezekiel 36, 26, and I went to my Creator. And I said, Dear Lord, you've said a new heart also will I give you, a new spirit will I put within you. I will take away that stony heart out of your flesh. I'll give you a heart of flesh. I knelt down, I said, Lord, I ask you to take away this hard feeling toward my mother-in-law. I believe you're doing it, dear Lord, and I thank you that I have received. She said, the Creator came into my heart. He came into my life. And friends, the Sabbath stands for the creative power of God. This woman had been a Sabbath keeper in a superficial way for many years. Now she began to understand the significance of the Sabbath. 
it is a memorial of God, our Creator, who not merely made the world, but today he's making new hearts. These stony, hard-hearted experiences that we cherish, he will completely change through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. She said, Brother Kuhn, I am going to be honest. It took longer, for some reason, for me to open my heart to this new heart experience than it did to any of the previous things that I'd ask of the Lord. But she said, I want to tell you, just a matter of weeks, and I found myself no longer hating my mother-in-law. She said, I only felt my heart filled with pity for her. She said, now when she comes to see me, she has seen, she sees such a tremendous change in me that she says, may there are a few things in my life that must be taken care of. And when they are taken care of, I would like to unite with the same church that you are united with. Her mother was virtually saying, May, I have seen in your life such a tremendous change that I would like the same Lord to come in and take over in my life. You can imagine the remorse that was in that, mother's, that mother-in-law's heart because of all the bitterness, all the gossip, all the evil speaking. You see, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. May said then, I thought of my children. She said, my boy, Frank, was about 13 years of age, I believe it was. She said he was a Sabbath keeper in the superficial sense. He would not attend any functions after sunset Friday night or on the hours of the Sabbath in the public school. But she said he had never been baptized. He had never had a confrontation with Jesus Christ. She said, and so I knelt down again, and I opened my Bible to Isaiah 49:25. It says, I will contend with him that contendeth with thee, and I will save your children. She said, I knelt down, and I said, Dear Lord, after all the things you've done for me, I know I can ask, and I can believe, and I can claim this new heart also for my boy, Frank. You've promised to save him. You're able to do it. Any God that can give me a new heart can give him a new heart. She said, Brother Coombe, Inside of 30 days, that boy had come all on his own to the pastor and said, Pastor, I want to be a Christian. And she said, before 30 days was ended, my son Frank had been baptized into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and he has a wonderful experience in Jesus. She said, then, I said, Lord, I want to go on from from step to step in you. You have given me a new heart. You cleansed me from all my past sins. Now you have saved my son. Now, dear Lord, I would like my son and my children, my girls, to be in a Christian school. 
Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 says, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. She said, I want to tell you, as I knelt down and claimed his promise, I especially claimed the promise of Matthew chapter 21, verse 22. All things that you ask in prayer believing, you shall receive. And I uh, interpreted that to mean that God could take care of the tuition for my children in the church day school. She said, my husband, of course, is not a Christian. And he had been observing my life as, uh, as I would have the high spot in my experience during a revival and then I'd slip back. I'd come back again and slip back. And he'd come to a place where he had no confidence in either my religion or my own experience. And so my husband said, if the children go to a church school, I shall not pay one cent, not a cent of their tuition. And she said, that puzzled me. How in the world will my children ever be able to get a Christian education? For this is my income. I have no income on my own. And so as I claimed that promise of Matthew 21, 22, she said, I decided one day to call the pastors home. And the pastor and his wife got on the telephone. And I said, Pastor, and I spoke to his wife. I said, Sister, I'm in a dilemma. I've claimed the promise of Matthew 21, 22 that the Lord will take care of the tuition of my children in our church day school. But she said, the promise is so broad that I don't know whether I can really apply it toward the tuition. And she said, the pastor and his wife said, May, the Lord has promised, if you ask, if you believe, you will receive so long as that is an unselfish request, that your children will be taught of the Lord, that they will have a, a personal relationship with Jesus. That is not selfish. This is part of the plan of salvation. So you have every reason in the world and every right in the world, and every privilege in the world to ask God to do that, to believe he's doing it, and to thank him that you've received and when it comes time several months from now for school to open, that you'll have the tuition. She said, I must have talked with him for an hour and a half on the telephone. And they kept assuring me that I had every right in the world. And she said, I kept coming back with this. Oh, I wish the Lord would say, I will pay their tuition. She said, I'd like to have it just about that simple. Then I would know for a surety that I'm requesting the right thing. And then the pastor and his wife would come back again and they'd say, but listen, this is an unselfish request. This is part of a character building program that they can learn day by day of the Lord. They can drink in of his word. They can be taught of the life of Christ. There's no question, May, there's no question. Well, she said, okay. She said, I hung up the telephone, but I wasn't satisfied. And she said, you know, <laughs> The Lord works in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. She said, I think it was the next morning that she picked up her 
her uh, morning watch book. Those of you who have seen these books know that at the beginning of the page for each new day, there's a text of scripture. And then following that, there are comments. The book from which she was reading that year had comments from our favorite author in whom she had such implicit trust and we. And it seems as you read the writings of this author as though they were inspired, as though God were speaking directly to your heart. Oh, how I've been blessed as I have personally read these books. They've drawn me nearer to Christ than the works of all other human authors combined. They've taught me about, more about the science of prayer, the science of soul winning, and various Christian experiences and rules and principles. So she said, I said to the Lord, Lord, will you give me something by which I can have a deeper assurance that you'll really take care of the tuition of my children? Now, friends, she could have claimed Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all your need. But somehow she was trembling, and the Lord understands. She said, as I opened the page for that day, and I read the opening text of Scripture, just below it, my eyes lighted on these words. Jesus has paid your tuition she said, I exclaimed, look at that. She said, before I read any more, I rushed to the telephone. I dialed my pastor's home. The pastor's wife answered. Quickly, he came to the telephone also. She said, Pastor and Sister Sanders, I want to tell you what I've just been reading. I opened our morning watch text book. I read the text for the morning. And of all things, Right under the text, I saw these words. They seemed to jump out at me. Jesus has paid your tuition. She said whatever it was talking about, it sounded to me like it was God answering the request that I had so, so pleaded with him in deep agony that he would answer. But pastor and sister Sanders, could this really be it? Will he really do it? And she said, the pastor and his wife, they just laughed. They weren't laughing at me, but they were laughing a laugh of assurance. They said, May, what more can you ask? You claimed the other promise, and God said he would do it. Now, you wanted words that seemed to be so applicable. Now you've opened it and found it right on a page of the very morning watch text. I will pay your tuition fees. May, what more could be a providence of God than what you have been reading right in this book? Well, she said, it seems almost too good to be true. But my friends, God does exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. That's God. For God says, ask and it shall be given you. He says, believe that you receive and you'll have. He said, all things that you ask in prayer believing, if it's an unselfish request, you shall receive. He said, your past will be white as snow. I'll give you a new heart. I'll save your children. I'll pay your tuition fees. I will supply your needs. 
as May stood before us, she told us this experience. I think we were two hours in conversation as we were discussing the wonderful way that God had led in her life. I want to tell you, my friends, it strengthened my faith and the faith of my wife. There stood before us a lady beaming with a confidence that she had in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord Jesus made the world. He is the creator of the universe. The Sabbath is the sign of his creative power, not merely in making worlds, but making a new heart. What he did for me, he will do for everyone. There's no exception, for God is no respecter of persons. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.